listening to the Life Edit Project podcast, where busy, ambitious high achievers get the tools they need to fight overwhelm and overthinking with balance, self-mastery, and a positive mindset. I'm your host, Elizabeth Burroughs. I'm serving up bite-sized truth bombs in a judgment-free zone based on my perspective as a life coach, wife, mom, and recovering overachiever. We keep it real over here, which usually means some combination of insightful, entertaining, and a hot mess express. So if you're looking for perfection, look elsewhere. But if you're still with me, let's dig into this week's episode. Good day, good people. Welcome back to the Life Edit Project podcast. I am, as always, excited to be here with you again this week. I've got another juicy episode for you today as we continue our self-care essentials mini-series. But first, let's take a pause for the cause and do a little celebrating because I have good news. We've officially reached a new milestone here at the podcast and we have passed 400 downloads. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to all of you who have been a part of the listening community. Y'all are rocking with me steady and more and more folks are tuning in and I just appreciate it so much. I'm going to make a big deal on social media when we break 500 downloads I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'll figure something out. And I should probably do that sooner rather than later because we are definitely on track to get there within the next two weeks. So make sure you're following me over on social, especially on IG, on Instagram, because that's where I spend most of my time. Um, Yeah, so follow me and stay tuned for something special. Also, I want to give you all a heads up that... After we wrap up this mini-series, I've got another special guest planning to join me here on the show, and it's definitely going to be a fun and illuminating conversation that you won't want to miss. I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I'll say for those of you who are curious about my personal life, the next guest will give you another peek behind the curtain, so to speak. So that'll be coming up. That guest will be coming up on episode 17 of the show. So it's a couple of weeks from now. So stay tuned. In the meantime, let's continue our conversation about self-care. So to recap, today we're diving into the second installment of our four-part self-care essentials miniseries where each installment is addressing a different aspect of self-care that high achievers and perfectionists need to pay close attention to. Last week, we talked about boundaries, and this week, we're going to talk about rest. Now, this might get a little uncomfortable, but we have to go there. There's no way I can talk about self-care without talking about rest, so we're doing that today. And you might want to grab a pen and paper to take some notes because I'm definitely taking you to school with this one. Let's get it. So before we go any further... The very first thing I have to do is declare what the heck I mean when I talk about rest. Because I know you. You're already rolling your eyes and you're about to hit skip on this episode because you think that I'm about to tell you to take more naps and more vacations. But child please, we are not that basic over here at the Life Edit Project. Now, to be clear, 
I love a good nap and a good getaway as much as the next person, but those things may not actually be restful for you. And whether they are or aren't, I believe you should also know why. So let me go ahead and give you the Coach Elizabeth definition of rest so that we can get on the same page as we head into this conversation. So rest is the ceasing of work, movement, or output in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. I'll say it again. Rest is the ceasing of work, movement, or output in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. A lot of people intuitively get the ceasing of work part, right? Um, So when people think about resting or when they try to rest, their go-to strategy is to just stop what they're doing. It's like we think of work and rest as being different positions on a light switch. So either we're on and we're in work mode or we're off and we think we're doing nothing. But that's, if, if that's the only way you view rest and if that is your entire perspective of what it means to work or rest, your perspective is limited and you're missing literally half of the equation. Because it doesn't matter how long you're in off mode, if you don't feel relaxed, refreshed, or recovered when you flip back on, then you haven't been resting. By definition, rest results in relaxation, refreshment, or recovery. You might end up with all three of these or any combination of the three. But if you don't end up with at least one of these feelings, then Maybe you took a break, but you didn't actually rest. And that's a really important distinction. It's not enough to just stop what you're doing and to be inactive. Rest is not the same as inactivity. Those two things are not simply interchangeable. And just because you're in a state of inactivity does not mean you're actually resting. Rest is about actively giving yourself what you need to be restored. There's no restoration without rest. Write that down if you're taking notes. Better yet, post that on social media and make sure you tag me at Life Edit Project and tell the people you heard it here over on episode 14 of the Life Edit Project podcast because that's a good one. <laughs> so and I really hope this is landing with you because this is too important and I don't want you to miss out. I'm stressing this this point so much and in so many different ways because when you fail to get the proper kind and the proper amount of rest, you are not the best version of yourself. And even though you, yes you, you think you're anonymous listening to this podcast from the privacy of your car or your home or from your headphones while you run your little errands, here is what I know about you. As a high achiever and an undercover perfectionist, I see you, you've spent years telling yourself that you can't afford to rest because you've got things to do and places to go and people to see and money to make. But I'm here to tell you that you can't afford not to rest. Because when you are unrested, life is harder and less fun and ultimately less fulfilling than it needs to be. The good stuff in life doesn't feel as good because you don't even have the capacity to absorb all of that goodness. And the low points that will 
inevitably come with life will feel lower and they will feel rougher because you don't have the energy you need to get through them smoothly and efficiently. You think that going all out nonstop at all times is the fastest way to get from where you are to where you want to be. But the truth is your refusal to rest is actually slowing you down and maybe even causing a breakdown. I'm feeling spicy today, (laughs) y'all. I am fired up about this topic because I have so much to say about it and because it is that important. And real talk, you might need to listen to this one more than once because I'm dropping gems this whole episode and I don't need you to miss a single one. Okay? All right. So now that we've set the record straight on what rest really is... I want to help you incorporate rest into your self-care practice the right way. And to do that, you have to understand the different kinds of rest that you will need over time so that you can rest effectively. Fun fact, there are seven different types of rest that we all need. Physical, mental, emotional, social, sensory, creative, and spiritual. Now, I'm going to explain these uh, more in in a moment, but first I want to offer you a metaphor to help you understand this concept of different types of rest. So bear with me. I want you to imagine that you are a fancy machine and you run on seven different kinds of batteries. Now, this you machine, it's not just fancy, but it's also very complex and it can perform an infinite number of functions and tasks in an endless number of combinations. And as the you machine works and does its thing, the seven batteries will lose their charge. But the different functions that the you machine does pull energy from different batteries. So the rate that each battery loses its charge depends on what functions the U machine is doing and how the U machine is operating. Also, the batteries that run the U machine, they're all different sizes. Some are huge and some are small and they, they charge differently, right? So some charge up quickly while others need hours and hours to recharge. Oh, P.S., All of these batteries have different kinds of chargers. There's no universal charger for the seven batteries in the U-Machine, okay? Now, to function, the U-Machine doesn't need all seven batteries to be fully charged, but you do need most of them to be mostly charged to function well. And all seven should have some charge for optimal functioning, okay? Now, some of the seven batteries are going to be absolutely critical to operations of the U-machine. And so if those critical batteries go into low power mode, the whole machine goes into standby mode. But some of the batteries are just secondary. And so if they run out of charge, the U-machine might be limited to what kinds of functions it can perform, but it can still operate. It's not going to turn off. It's not going to go into standby. So now in this metaphor, resting is how you recharge the seven batteries. And if you're going to take good care of your U-machine, you need to be consistently monitoring your battery life proactively charging up and using the right chargers for each battery to get the best quality charge. So now let's talk about 
the seven types of rest and what they look like. First up is physical rest. Now, this one is the easiest to understand because we're all moving through this world in physical bodies and we experience physical tiredness on a daily basis. You already know that sleep is the most basic form of physical rest. But also, I want you to consider how your body moves and the kind of physical stress that your body endures. So physical rest should also include giving your body a chance to recover from physical strain or even injury, if that's a thing, right? For example, uh, I'll give you an example for myself. I tend to hold tension in my shoulders and in my back and in my hips. So I like to do frequent massages and focusing on those areas as a type of physical rest for me because it helps me relax and recover physically. Second is mental rest. Now, I have racked up a lot of intentional practice with this one because I am naturally a very intellectual and a very cerebral person, right? So like I literally, I learn things for fun. Some people collect bags or shoes or stamps or artwork. Me, I collect facts and information. <laughs> but even a nerd like me can't afford to be in a perpetual state of mental stimulation. I've learned that even though I enjoy learning, I have to rest from learning and thinking. I have to take brain breaks, if you will, and break that mental focus so that I can have greater mental stamina. For example, I love reading. It's one of my favorite hobbies since I was a little girl. But if I've had a mentally exhausting day, I cannot relax into a nonfiction book about productivity or mental health, even though I love those kinds of books. So I may opt to instead read something lighter like a sci-fi novel because that's just super fun. Or maybe I'll put a book down altogether and just watch a lighthearted sitcom that doesn't require much thinking instead. And that's an example of mental rest. Third is emotional rest. Now, this one might be a little counterintuitive because emotional rest doesn't mean resting from your emotions. You rest by processing them. I like to think of our emotions like steam that builds up in a steam engine. And processing our feelings and expressing our feelings is like opening the pressure release valve on that steam engine. So the act of processing and expressing your emotions is restorative because it brings you back to an emotional equilibrium. And we even call this decompressing, right? So there are lots of ways to decompress, which means there are lots of different ways that you can get emotional rest. I recommend journaling, therapy, and coaching to almost anyone, but you may also like something like interpretive dance, if that's your jam, or maybe a long phone call with your bestie, or sometimes what you really need is just a good long cry, you know, let those feelings out. As long as you are processing and releasing those emotions and not 
hiding or covering them up or distracting yourself from your emotions, you can get your emotional rest however you can get it. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this conversation about self-care and that you're taking away some practical ideas on how you can improve your own self-care regimen. But real talk, sometimes the best way to help yourself is to get support from someone else. And the best, most effective way I can support you is through a private one-on-one coaching relationship. When you hire me as your life coach, we'll have time to uncover, unpack, and explore all your needs and challenges, whatever they might be. To get started, use the link in the show notes to book a free consultation call with me, and let's talk about how my one-on-one coaching services can help you supercharge your self-care, unbusy your life, and create balance in any area of your life that needs it and within yourself. I can't wait to work with you. Okay. Back to the show. Fourth is social rest. Now, if you're an extrovert and or a people pleaser, lean in so I can talk to you right quick. (laughs) Listen, you need to take a break from interacting with the people, even if you like them and even if you're related to them and even if you feel responsible for them or obligated to them. It's not a bad thing, per se, to spend your time or direct your energy into interacting with or serving other people, right? That's not inherently bad. But there must be moments when you focus your energy inward to interact with and serve yourself. Serving yourself, interacting with yourself, spending time with yourself helps you refill that social battery. Now, another approach to social rest is to intentionally interact with people that you have meaningful relationships with. So maybe you decline to do happy hour with your coworkers so that you can do happy hour with your with your homegirls instead, right? So in this case, it's less about what you're doing and how much time you spend doing it, but rather it's about the company you're with and how they make you feel. Fifth, is sensory rest. Now, this one is simple, but it's often overlooked. So we live in a sensory-rich society, but our senses are not designed to be hyper-stimulated all the time. Our eyes are not meant to be looking at tiny electronic screens for 90% of our waking life. Your ears are not meant to handle extended periods of excessively loud music or sounds. And your body was not created to be the constant playground of another human being, even if you have young kids and even if you have a romantic partner. Sometimes your body, your senses need a break. Sensory rest means significantly decreasing or even pausing the sensory input so that your sensory battery can recharge. Sixth is creative rest. Now, this one also has a bit of duality to it. So on the one hand, it takes energy to create things. New ideas, creating organization out of chaos, creating works of art, or even creating a new human life, right? That takes energy. But on the other hand, creativity can also give you energy by consuming something creative, like 
reading a book for fun, or even playing an instrument for fun. That can be a way to recharge one of your other batteries, right? So the nature of the type of creative rest that you need will depend on the nature of the type of work or movement or output that you are resting from. If you work in a highly creative field, let's say your job, your what you do for a living is writing, you are not going to write as a way of creative rest <laughs> because that type of creativity is work for you, right? But creative rest for you might look like dancing, right? And taking salsa lessons because you need to activate a different part of your creativity to rest the creative muscle that you're used to working. And seventh is spiritual rest. Now, this one involves reconnecting yourself with meaning, purpose, and your beliefs. And of course, this can involve religious practices and religious beliefs, but the spiritual rest is not exclusive to religion and faith. So depending on what you believe and what your spiritual needs might be, spiritual rest for you might look like praying, but it might also look like listening to an inspirational speaker or meditating or doing yoga, even something like volunteering or making a philanthropic donation or even just being out in nature. All of those could be examples of ways to get spiritual rest. The key is to do what resonates with you and your inner self. So those are the different kinds of rest. And hopefully this gives you more of a feel on how nuanced rest can be. If you've been feeling chronically tired or just weary even, um, and, and you feel that way, even though you feel like you get enough sleep at night and you have a decent amount of free time, it's probably because you've got a drained battery somewhere that you have been neglecting to charge. Not all tiredness has the same cure. So, for example, if your senses tend to be overstimulated in the evening, but you spend an hour every evening watching action movies on a large screen TV with the volume blasting, of course you will still feel like you are never relaxed. Because blasting your overloaded senses with more input is not relaxing. <laughs> right? Um... If you are emotionally drained from the stressful day you had at work, it makes sense that you don't feel like listening to your sister complain about the latest argument she had with her boyfriend on your commute home. Your social battery at that point is already down to 5%, so you need to recharge before you can handle a conversation like that. Rest is an essential element of self-care because mastering the art of rest requires you to be aware of your needs and to prioritize them accordingly. Then resting requires you to act on those priorities and to make adjustments based on how well different types of rest work for you. Now, I know, I know that it can be tough to allow yourself to rest when you're used to thinking of resting as being the opposite of productivity. But really, these are just two sides of the same coin. 
So here's a fun challenge for you this week. Pick an area of your life where you feel like you've hit a productivity plateau. And I want you to decide to level up. But instead of leveling up by working more, I want you to figure out where you could be resting more. What can you do to relax, refresh, or recover so that you have the capacity to do more or better work? Then, once you've done this, drop me a DM over on social media and tell me how it goes, because I want to know. Okay, so that's all for today's show. I'll be back in your ears next week with more juicy goodness, as always, and for part three of our self-care essentials mini-series. In the meantime, show yourself some love and recharge your batteries before you get to that dreaded low power mode. Okay, peace. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Life Edit Project podcast. I'd love to hear what your favorite moment or key takeaway was from this conversation. You can send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to let me know. My handle is at Life Edit Project, all one word, in all the places. My social media is linked up in the show notes to make it easy for you. Holla at your girl. I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, don't just stay busy with the life you have. Get busy creating the life you want.